Welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast, The Kevin Rook Show. I'll be covering all sorts of tech and investing topics. I'll be bringing on interesting guests. But before any of that, I want to step back and set the stage here, talk a little bit about why I'm starting a podcast now. For those of you following me on Twitter, you'll know I'm a big fan of the Lightning Network. I've been studying it and doing a lot of research, trying to figure out what are some of the interesting use cases that the Lightning Network enables. And one of the use cases I kept coming back to was podcasting. So I downloaded a podcasting app that is lightning enabled. The one I use is called Fountain. It's on the App Store, it's on uh, Google Play. And what Fountain does is it basically allows any listener to fund a creator. You can tip them, you can send messages to them, you can stream sats to them over the lightning network. And it kind of changes a bit of the, the business model of podcasting. It changes the experience, it makes it more engaging. It makes it a direct connection between listeners and their podcast creators. So I wanted to experience that from the perspective of a creator now. So this show is going to be available on all the major podcasting applications. You can listen to it on Apple, you can listen to it on Spotify if you want, but you can also listen to it on Fountain and on Fountain that's where you're going to be able to experience this full podcasting 2.0 lightning enabled experience where you'll be able to send a tip or send a message and directly engage with me as I create more episodes. I figured the best way to start this podcast series off was to bring on the co-founder of Fountain, Oscar Mary, for the very first episode. He's going to talk a lot about how Fountain works and exactly why he's building it. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and uh, look forward to testing out this new podcasting 2.0 experience. Hey, Oscar. Thanks for uh, joining me today on the very first episode of The Kevin Ruck Show. Um, why don't you start by telling listeners a little bit about your background, uh, what you're building with Fountain, and why it's important. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, great to be on. Really excited for the conversation. So, yeah, um, my name's Oscar Merry, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fountain. And Fountain, fundamentally, is a podcast app. So... Um, you get everything that you'd expect from a podcast app in terms of an amazing listening experience. Uh, if you're coming from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or whichever your favorite podcast app, you, you should have everything that you'd expect. But then we have two core differentiators um, with what we're trying to do at Fountain. Number one, you, you as a listener can create and share clips from the podcast you're listening to. And um, we, we think that there's so much more that can be done um, with discovery and sharing of podcast content and happy to dive into that and, and talk about it in more detail. The second thing that differentiates Fountain from your typical podcast app is you as the listener have the ability to stream and tip Bitcoin to the podcaster um, over the Lightning Network directly as you're listening. Um, and again, yeah, happy to, to dive more into that because there's a lot of it really exciting features and things that we can do um, now that we have the Lightning Network and, and we can use it to kind of unify what up until this point has been a fragmented ecosystem um, in podcasting. Awesome. Yeah, I want to dive into both those. Let's start with discoverability first, and then we can move into Lightning Network stuff in a bit. But tell me more about what is fundamentally broken, I guess, about 
discoverability and why and what Fountain is doing to kind of fix that? Yeah, definitely. So there's a couple of core problems that exist with podcasting as it exists today um, around discovery and also sharing. So I think one kind of example that most people who listen to podcasts have probably encountered is when you're listening to a podcast episode, it's an incredible episode that you've got so much value out of. And then you want to go and share that with, you know, a friend or a colleague or or family, whoever it might be. And the difficulty in sharing that podcast episode is fundamentally it's so long. So you're asking um, that person to take a considerable amount of time out of their day to go and listen to this thing that you recommended. And it's fundamentally just a big ask, you know, an hour plus of, of someone's precious time in their day is a lot to ask. When actually all you're trying to do with that recommendation is normally share a particular idea or a particular insight, a particular nugget of wisdom um, with that person. Um, And so with Fountain, we give you the ability to create a clip from the podcast you're listening to. We use the transcript of the podcast episode to make it much easier to actually um, create that clip and, you know, produce something that's contextually, um, easy to consume. And so instead of sharing that full hour, hour and a half episode, you can just share the clip and you can either do that within the fountain app or all the clips are exportable as videos. So you can share them on social media as a DM in your favorite messaging app or in any other way that you want. And so, yeah, we, we really, with the clipping, just want to make it easier to discover and share these kind of insights that exist within podcasts without having to um, go and listen to the full episode. On top of that, um, separate to kind of like sharing content from podcast episodes with other people, there's also the back catalogue of every single podcast show that normally just sits there in a kind of dormant state and is never, you know, it's difficult to go and dig into it. So imagine your favorite show and think think about when you first discovered it and what episode number that was. Um, you probably never went back into the back catalog um, uh, because it's just, again, too time consuming to go through and figure out, you know, where's the insight, where's the inter- interesting content. And so over time, um, we want to also... Um, make the back catalogue of, of podcasts more easy to go back through, you know, sample through the through the clips that have been created and really give um, you as a listener the ability to, yeah, just explore podcast um, content in a new way. And these clips, they can be created by listeners too, right? These can be like a listener can come in and create a clip of this show if they found something interesting and then they can share it, right? So it kind of, there's a bit of a, more of a social element to that where, where it's not just the creator, right? Yeah, exactly. So one thing you have probably seen um, on social media is podcast creators themselves sharing 
highlights from new episodes in order to promote the podcast. And that's that's great. That's amazing. So we're basically giving the listener the same ability to create and share their favorite moment in the podcast because the host's favorite moment might be different from the listener's favorite moment. And there might be multiple uh, moments or, or again, yeah, pieces of insight that work on their own as like individual contextual pieces of information. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to give the listener uh, the ability to do that in a really easy way. Very cool. So let's move from discoverability to payments. And maybe a spot to start with this is podcasting 2.0. This is a term I've kind of heard people talk about quite a bit. I don't really know what the correct definition is, but maybe you can start with like, what is this new era of podcasting? Why does it matter? And like, and, and how do how are payments involved in this process? Yeah, definitely. So podcasting 2.0 is a movement led by Adam Curry and Dave Jones. And their mission with podcasting 2.0 is to preserve the open nature of podcasting. And this really is important because you can see the incumbent players in podcasting starting to centralize things and move away from open RSS and, you know, the features that have made podcasting great um, so far. And so, yeah, that's the mission of podcasting 2.0. And it's it's wider than just the, the lightning, lightning payments, um, but a, a big part of podcasting 2.0 and the thing that is getting us and many others very excited is the open standard within RSS to include Bitcoin lightning payments um, in into podcasts. And, and this is what we're using to power the um, lightning payments and tipping and messages within Fountain. Okay, very cool. So the, the centralization of some of these some of these apps that you were talking about, like the, I guess you're referring to like Joe Rogan's exclusive deal where, where that is now under a single company and, and that company now controls the podcasting experience. So podcasting 2.0, it's kind of a, a push towards more decentralization in that aspect. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's, it, that's exactly right. Um, you know, Spotify in particular are pushing hard to um, bring on exclusive podcasts to kind of draw people into their ecosystem. And with Spotify in particular, uh, the way their technology works is it's not necessarily based on RSS. So, for example, you see when Spotify introduce new features to their app, it's not built on the open standard. And, and this is why I think podcasting over the past 10 years has lagged behind, um, let's say, online video or other social media in terms of the type of features that we see. So for example, a lot of podcasts will put their podcast on YouTube so that they get things like the YouTube comment system, which is great. People love that. Um, but this hasn't really been possible with podcasting because of the fragmented nature of RSS, so you have multiple different hosting providers and you have multiple different apps. And to create some kind of unified um, 
comment system between all of them is just really difficult. Um, so yeah, podcast podcasting is traditionally lagged behind. Um, but the great thing about the Lightning Network is it suddenly gives us a way to um, build these kind of engagement features that can sit across the different hosting providers and across the different apps. I see. So if I'm understanding here correctly, I, I think what you're kind of saying is like some of the incumbents like Spotify, Apple uh, are trying to kind of put the Web2 playbook on podcasts and kind of like centralize it, put it under their power and get, get to the point where they can like integrate some of these features um, that bring podcasts to parity on their own. And you guys are saying, no, we can do this on the Lightning Network. We can bring these same features into podcasting, but uh, do it in an open standards. Is that kind of the, the gist of it? Exactly. Yeah. Spotify, I think their you know, unstated goal is to become the YouTube of podcasting. And they're going to try and build all of the features that you see on YouTube for podcasting, but do it so that it only exists within the Spotify ecosystem. What Podcasting 2.0 and, and what we are also trying to do is produce those same incredible features that listeners want, but do it in a way where it's open so that um, people using different hosting providers or different apps can still participate um, in those in those great new features. Right. And so right now, I think the, the two main features that you guys have, if I'm not mistaken, are you guys have the chat feature, you can send a message to a podcaster, right? Someone listening to this on Fountain could send a message uh, with a they could they could tip in sats as well. Um, and they can also stream payments, right? Per minute listened. Um, it, those are the kind of core, I think, lightning features you guys have right now. Why, why is lightning the important solution here? Like, why, why'd you pick Bitcoin? Why, why not some other kind of either a fiat system or some other kind of altcoin? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the two features. So, your listeners right now, if they're listening on Fountain, hopefully, um, or another podcasting 2.0 enabled app. But on Fountain, you would be able to right now set the per minute Satoshi value that you would like to stream. And if this is all optional. It's the value for value model where, you know, the content is not behind a paywall. But instead, if you find the content valuable, you let the podcaster know that by streaming them sats. And so, yeah, you can set in Fountain the per minute sat value that you want um, to stream every minute. And then also, if there's a particular point in the episode that you uh, really get great value from or you just want to interact with the podcaster you can uh, send a boost which is kind of like a tip it's a a higher amount again you can set it to be whatever you want and you can include a message along with that and so what's really interesting about this is the benefit to the podcaster is not just the financial benefit but it also creates this connection between the host and the listener that didn't exist previously. Because as a listener, I'm able to, when I hear something really interesting, I know that I can instantly communicate with the host. And I know that the host is going to take particular attention to my message because it comes with a payment. 
So that's really beneficial to the listener to feel like they can reach out and participate and engage with the, the host. And then on the host sides as well, not only do they get paid, but they get listener engagement, uh, they get feedback, they get the timestamp of the message and the payment as well, which is helpful for analytics. And then also, they can also use these messages as content. So we see a lot of podcasters, you know, setting up a segment in there, whether it's a weekly show, to kind of, you know, go through all of the the boost messages and talk about them, answer questions, thank their listeners. And so it's a great way just to build um, a bit a bit of an engagement and a bit of community between the, the podcaster and the listener. In terms of uh, why Bitcoin and why Lightning, I mean, fundamentally, the way we see the Lightning Network is it just delivers on, on the promise of Bitcoin, which is programmable uh, money. And it's incredibly flexible. Um, it, we There's no real limit on the, the lower bounds of how much you can stream or send, which is really beneficial um, if you're just getting started. Um, and yeah, it just delivers on um, the promise of programmable money, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, one other thing you kind of alluded to in the uh, discussion about chatting and sending payments through is that you, sh- you said you could send it from other podcasting 2.0 apps as well. And so that's something I think that's unique for a lot of people. Like we're so used to, you know, if I post a tweet, you can comment, but only if you're commenting through Twitter, you can't comment through Facebook on my tweet, right? I'm not going to see it. Um, but if you're, if you're now hosting a podcast, you can have streams of con- of comments coming in from multiple podcasting 2.0 apps and the, and the producer can see them all and kind of engage with them all. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the beauty of this system is that it's open. So you'll be able to see, you know, Oscar commented at minute 35 uh, from Fountain with this message. Uh, and then you'll also be able to see the messages um, from people using other apps. And that's great because at the end of the day, that's competition for the podcasting ecosystem as opposed to um, once you get to a certain scale with traditional social media, it's basically impossible to have any competition. Um, I mean, if you look at YouTube, there's a great example there. And this way it gives the the end listener the choice. They can choose what, what app they prefer and everyone has different preferences. But importantly for the engagement and for the podcaster, those messages all come in over the Lightning Network. So um, it's all, it, all the information's there. Do you think this changes the competition structure for podcasting apps like because everything's open um and anyone can kind of tap into lightning in this kind of podcasting 2.0 do you think that that is going to change the way you know businesses like yours and others kind of compete with each other because you can no longer rely on you know centralizing data and kind of using that as a moat because all the data the, the podcasts are rss feeds and the payments are on an open standard and all that's kind of open. So how do you, how do you think about how that changes like the competitive landscape of fountain and and the kind of podcasting ecosystem? Yeah, it definitely does. And I think, um, yeah, fundamentally it makes it more competitive. So it means that 
we as Fountain need to do a better job in providing an, an amazing listening experience and an amazing app. And at the end of the day, that's good for um, the consumer. Another, so it is harder for us. It, it's going to be more competitive because, yeah, as you say, there's no, or the barrier to entry is lower. Um, but that's good for the end of the end consumer and you know we're ready for that competition another interesting point though is the the companies and the apps that integrate with podcasting 2.0 and you know join that movement we can actually although we're competing with each other we can also kind of join together together to compete against the incumbents so you know it's this kind of weird situation where we're competing against each other, but we're also working together to um, develop Podcasting 2.0 and the kind of features that we have to try and convince people to switch from Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify or Google Podcasts to one of our apps. And so we, we join together to get people to switch from the incumbents. But then once they've made that choice to switch, we're competing against each other. Do you think we'll ever see uh, Apple or Spotify integrate some of these podcasts and 2.0 features? Or is that kind of like going against their business model? Yeah, I think it does go against their business model. Um, so I would be surprised to see them integrate these features. Um, you never know. But I just feel like, especially with Spotify, the money that they've spent on exclusive shows, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars um it kind of defeats the point of doing that so i i would be very surprised to see them integrate these features and that is where we have an amazing advantage against the incumbents right um i want to talk about the sats that are being streamed right now on fountain have you kind of seen any of the like any of the the messages that people are sending right now what are they saying what what's the kind of the general theme of you know, I, I'm listening to a podcast and I want to send a message. What are those messages like? And, and are they coming with payments? What, what's that experience been like so far for Fountain? Yeah, definitely. So one thing is you can't send a message without a payment. So that's like really important to understand. And uh, it's actually great because it um, increases the positivity of the messages that get sent because it's if you want to troll someone or, you know, criticize someone, it's harder because you have to actually pay to do that. Uh, so I think that's a great aspect of it. Um, but in terms of the type of messages, I mean, they really do vary. Uh, for me personally, the type of message that messages that I like sending, I, I guess there's like three categories for me. One is just th saying thank you. So I'll get to the end of an episode and I'll just thank the host and say that was you know really informative really impactful for me thanks for you know producing this uh, and obviously i'll send a payment with that um another type of message is a question so maybe at one point in the episode you feel like the topic wasn't addressed as much as it could have been um so you can ask a clarifying question or you can say hey please next episode can you address um this particular point and that's as i said previously that's great for podcasters because not only does it let the uh the listener base know that if you ask a question um you know it will be received and it will be actioned upon 
actioned upon, but it will actually give you content for the next episode as part of the show. So yeah, questions are a big one. Um, and then I think the other ones are just, you know, quite funny um, comments on, on the show, which are just, you know, probably don't fit into a category, but yeah, they're just, they're just quite funny, really. We've seen some hilarious ones come through. That's awesome. So streaming stats, so, you, so when you're sending a message, you have to send some payment, but what is the minimum kind of payment there? It, this, because we're on lightning, we can do very, very small payments. Is it, is it one sat? Is that the minimum right now on film? Yeah. So right now, um, the minimum is, um, yeah, 100 sats for a streaming payment. And the reason for that is a lot of podcasters will set up through the podcast index service called Podcaster Wallet, and they take a 1% uh, split fee for doing that. So a really important concept to get across is the concept of splits. So you as a podcaster can not just put your own lightning address in your RSS feed, but you can put different splits. So let's say you have a producer or an editor, you could give them 10% of all of the sats to their lightning node. And you can really get creative with this and put whoever you want in the splits. So because podcast index take a 1% fee, um, and that w that's why we kind of like limit it to 100 sats, but you can set a lower per minute sat value. So I will sometimes set 50 sats per minute. That's like my kind of go-to. And what we do there is we just batch the payments. So we'll just wait until um, you get 100 sats and then we'll just send off the, the streaming payment. Um, one thing also to note is we have just launched support for episode level splits. So what this means is you as a podcaster can change the split destinations for different episodes. So let's say you have a standard one for your show where you know you take 90% and you give 10% to an editor or producer. Um, but then let's say for a specific episode, you have a guest that you would like to split the payments with. You can add the guest in and so you can give the guest 25%. Or if um, the episode is about a particular cause or something where you're almost asking your listeners to help support that isn't funding you directly, you can um, change that for that one episode. So you might say, okay, for this episode, guys, um, we're going to give 100% of all of the sats sent to this cause, like hit the boost button now and like support this cause. So that's what's really um, great about this. We have full flexibility and creativity and it really just, yeah, lets you get creative with what you're doing financially with your podcast. That's very cool. So, so I could, I could make a split with you on this episode and say, you're a guest, you're going to get X percent of, of the, all the stats that come in and it's just going to go to you, right? There's no, I'm not a middleman here. There's no, no one's getting in the way and there's no fee on that either. Just, half of it goes to you, half it goes to me or whatever the split is. And then if I make another episode and another episode, another episode, and someone comes back to watch our episode, they can send the payment and it still goes half to you, half to me, even though the split may have been different on other episodes, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the splits will just stay there in the RSS feed. 
and always exists. So if somebody uh, comes along a year later, two years later, and listens to that episode, the um, the lightning payments will still go to those split addresses. That's very cool. What do you think this idea of streaming sats is going to do to the business model of a podcaster? Is this going to be like, is this going to augment um, ad revenue? Is this going to um, kind of make the flat subscription fee model obsolete? What What's your thoughts on on how streaming sats changes business the business model for an actual podcaster? Yeah, definitely. So I think in the short term, the best way to see it and the realistic way to see it is this is going to augment your um, existing advertising revenue or your sponsorship revenue. I think you need to be you know, realistic about how many people are going to have the ability to, um, you know, send you sats over the Lightning Network. That's a big challenge for us right now is, you know, for people that uh, know about Bitcoin, they know about Lightning, it's easy for them to onboard. But for somebody that doesn't care about Bitcoin or Lightning and they just want to support you as the podcaster, it's more challenging for them. Once we address that, um, things will be much easier. So I think in the short term, you know, realistically, this is going to augment your um, advertising revenue. But I think in the long term, the opportunity to earn significantly more through streaming sats and and boosts will will be will really be real. Because at the end of the day, rather than let's say you're a podcaster and you have a Patreon, for example, which we see a lot of podcasters have, instead of every single one of your listeners or let's say a small percentage paying you a small amount every month to support you on Patreon. Instead of that, you get the ability to send a custom amount on every episode, which means that some episodes people won't send you anything, but some episodes people will really receive so much value from that episode that they'll they'll tip you a large amount. And we have seen some significant uh, payments come through Fountain. So we've had payments over $100. Um, so I think wow. in the long term, yeah, you as a podcaster will be able to earn significantly more than you would do from an advertising uh, budget or a sponsorship. But I think it's going to take time for that to come uh, into play. I think one thing on subscriptions for podcasts, I mean, my personal view is that if you put your podcast content behind a paywall, you're inherently limiting the growth potential of your audience. Um, because what you're saying to the world is the best content is you have to pay to, to get it. So how do people, um, you know, sample, how do people discover the best content that you have? It's much more difficult for them to do that. That's, I think it still will work for some podcast formats. But yeah, personally, I think it's it's better to put your content out there and use the value for value model to let your listeners um, pay you what they think it's worth. And, and over the long term, once people get more familiar with Lightning, once the onboarding gets easier, and once the um, engagement features that come along with the payments get developed further, then I think that will be really significant. Right. Um, what are you learning right now about, uh, lightning network UX and onboarding people to the lightning network? Like how much of a struggle is it to get someone who's not maybe familiar with lightning to get their first stats and 
get on board? What are some of the learnings and what are the pain points, I guess, right now? Yeah, so it is a struggle right now. Um, and where we want to, get, I guess, to start where we want to get to is a brand new listener uh, should be able to onboard to the Lightning Network and send their first sats to a podcaster without even knowing what Lightning is, what Bitcoin is, you know, what a Lightning invoice is. That's where we want to get to. Um, it's almost they're using it without knowing they're using it. Right now, it's a struggle, though, because, you know, really, it's the fiat on-ramp to Lightning that is the difficult part. So how do you um, purchase your first Bitcoin on Lightning um, as someone that's never come across it before? And, and this differs in, in different countries around the world, different jurisdictions because of the, the regulations. So that definitely is a challenge. Um I think we you know we've got some plans for how we can make that easier for people but I think what we've got going for us is that this is a problem that is not just going to exist in podcasting this is going to exist for every digital product um because eventually everything's going to use the lightning network and people are going to need these on ramps that work uh in a more uh frictionless way than they currently do that's interesting that everyone you think is going to be using the Lightning Network. What, like, how far beyond podcasting do you think this can go? Do you, like, wh what are some of those business models that you think make sense for Lightning payments? Yeah, so I think there's so many, and I really do think that it will, uh, every digital product that you use, every digital product that you pay for will use the Lightning Network. A great example that I had today was a paywall for the Wall Street Journal. You know, I don't pay for the Wall Street Journal, but I often see articles linked on, on Twitter that I really want to read. And I'm just not going to go and sign up for the paywall, but I would happily pay, um, you know, whatever that article is worth in, in sats over the Lightning Network just to unlock that um, one article. So I think that's a great example. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, in the last month, we've had El Salvador announce that they're making Bitcoin legal tender. We've had Twitter announce that they, they released a tipping feature, allowing anyone to kind of tip, uh, creators on Twitter. Um, both of those are using the lightning network under the hood. What have you seen any impact on a fountains business with these two announcements? These seem to be like catalysts in the industry at large, you know, we've seen like adoption of the lightning network kind of growing from a capacity standpoint. Have you guys seen kind of an inflow of users or like additional interest from people maybe funding their wallets since those announcements? I think where it really helps is with podcasters. So, you know, we are speaking to podcasters that again, aren't necessarily familiar with Bitcoin, don't know much about it. And really, the pitch to them to start, you know, to set up their Lightning wallet and put it in their RSS feed, the pitch to them is not about Bitcoin or Lightning. It's about, hey, like, this is a much better way for your listeners to show their support and to engage with you and to interact with you. Um, and so often the, the Bitcoin and Lightning aspect is almost, almost it kind of puts them off. So I think Twitter integrating Lightning, El Salvador, all of these um all of these developments really help with that because it it kind of 
sends a signal that this is an inevitable um, thing that's going to happen. I mean, we all believe that, that, but I think once your average person out there that hasn't come across it before sees these kind of stories in the news, it really gets that um, inevitability across to them. So yeah, it definitely helps. Awesome. Um, so I think, I think a lot of people listening to the show are relatively new to the Lightning Network. Um, I would say I'm relatively new. I've, I've kind of been studying it for three or four months, but you know, in the in a broader scope, I'm still relatively new. Um, are there any kind of apps or tools that you are a fan of, or you're trying out in the Lightning Network space outside of podcasting? Yeah. So I think um, for me personally, just to to let the people listening know which wallet I use. So I currently use Blue Wallet as my kind of like, um, you know, my, my preferred lightning wallet. And it's what I will use to top up my sats on fountain. Um, so yeah, de definitely, if you're new to the lightning network or new to Bitcoin, and you want to, you know, experience a great wallet, definitely check out blue wallet. Um, other than that, I think uh, a great uh, example of the lightning network that I've seen is a uh, website called stacker news it's stacker.news and it's kind of like a hacker news um type uh site where you can kind of rank articles but obviously but it also has lightning tipping built into it so you can kind of like um yeah tip the favorite articles that you've seen on there in lightning so that's a great example um yeah i'd say those two are, are, are good for people to go and um check out is is blue wallet a custodial wallet is a non-custodial I know, I know a lot of bitcoiners are um really aware of like whether they're holding funds in the custody of someone else or holding their own funds do you think that's going to be a, a similar issue on lightning or are these amounts typically small enough that it's not not a huge issue for people um i'm curious to know your thoughts on like that custodial versus non-custodial setup yeah, so my personal view is that I think both will exist in the future. And the important thing is that you just have the choice to use either a custodial or a non-custodial option. Um, I, I believe Blue Wallet offers both the custodial and non-custodial. So I just use it as a custodial wallet for small amounts on the Lightning Network. Um, but I believe you can also connect to your own node running in your home. Um, and, and use it in that way as well. So yeah, I think the most important thing is that we have choice. Right. Okay. So for newcomers that are that want to get involved with the Lightning Network, they want to try out Fountain. Um, this could be either either as a listener or as a podcast producer. What are the steps involved here? Maybe we can kind of split the two up. Um, for a listener, how do you get involved? How do you fund a podcast? Someone could send, send a couple sats to this show if they want. Yeah, so if you're listening to this show right now on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, pause the show after you've listened to what I'm about to say. Uh, and so, yeah, pause the show, download Fountain. You can go to fountain.fm and you'll be able to import your existing podcast from Apple or Spotify. Um, and then you can create a wallet on Fountain um, it's easy to do. It's it's one click and it, it is a custodial wallet uh, at this point. We're going to add the option for non-custodial. But yeah, download Fountain, create your wallet. And then, as I said, I use Blue Wallet. So you can download Blue Wallet and 
within Blue Wallet, you can actually buy Bitcoin on the Lightning Network um, in a couple of clicks. So that makes it really easy for someone that doesn't own Bitcoin, doesn't have any Bitcoin on the Lightning Network to get started. Once you've um, bought some Bitcoin in Blue Wallet, you can um, just transfer that into Fountain and then you're ready to go to start streaming sats to this podcast. So yeah, I would love it if uh, everyone could pause now, go do that. And also, you know, send Kevin a message with with the boost, um, letting him and me know, you know, what was difficult, what was easy, um, because we definitely are working on ways to make that onboarding easier. Um, so yeah, that's if you're a listener. And then if you're a podcaster, um, the first thing to do would be to go to podcasterwallet.com um, and register your RSS feed with the podcast index. And then from there, you'll be able to add your lightning address into your RSS feed. And that means anyone can start streaming you sats. Um, if you have, if you're a podcaster and you want to talk through, you know, in more detail how to do that, feel free to just send me an email. Uh, my email is oscar at fountain.fm and we can definitely help you get started and also, you know, help you craft like a good message for your uh, listeners in terms of like how they can um, start doing this as well. So yeah, hopefully that makes it a little bit easier for people. Yeah, for sure. And I think the one thing that people are going to realize as soon as they do this is this all happens instantly, right? That there's like no, everything settles instantly on lightning. So for the podcast creator who's receiving funds, they're instantly in their custody or the, or the custody of whichever wallet they're using. Um, and for the, for the listener, they can onboard from either fiat or Bitcoin. I've actually noticed a lot of wallets are starting to enable, uh, are starting to like, uh, make it so that anyone can fund with Bitcoin and can automatically turn it into lightning kind of behind the scenes. Um, I think moon wallet does that as well, where you could send on chain Bitcoin and then try and make a lightning payment, even though you didn't have lightning and they will on the back end, make a transfer and, and turn it into lightning. Uh, Bitcoin, um, which is really cool. Um, but okay, let's kind of wrap this up. And uh, why don't you why don't you tell people where they can find more about you and more about Fountain? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can download Fountain now on iOS and Android, just go to fountain.fm. And you'll see the download links there. Um, in terms of getting in contact with us, you can email us at uh, uh, you can email me at oscar at fountain.fm or you can find us on Twitter at fountain underscore app and I'm on Twitter at uh, Mary Oscar. So yeah, please do, if if you're, especially if you're a podcaster and you're interested in learning more or getting your podcast set up uh, to receive sats, please do email me and yeah, happy to chat more about it. And the last thing I'll say is if you're listening on Fountain, um, and you notice anything about the listening experience that you'd like to see improved, please get in touch as well. Uh, we're always looking for feedback on the app. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm really excited to test out Fountain as a creator. I've been using it for a while as a listener, which is kind of fun, but uh, I'm excited to see the other side of this. So uh, thanks for being the first guest and I uh, hope we can do this sometime soon. No worries, Kevin. Yeah, great to great to chat. And for the for the next episode, um, 
excited to see what boost messages come through for this one so yeah i'll be listening yeah for sure have a good one